Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland podcast with me, the Mad Chatter Ryan MK, and by my side as always, the March Heron, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? How we doing? Oh, doing good, man. Doing good. It's uh, it's always the highlight of my week right here. Getting on the podcast on Monday. What a way to end Monday. That's <laughs> right. An excellent Vikingish beard, by the way. I dig it. Oh, I dig it. The nieces helped with that, right? Yeah, they they braided the beard, and then I've got my Viking beads that I was able to slide on. So this is the first time I put the beads and the braids in, but you know, I'm kind of digging it a little bit. You know, I can't do anything up here, so right. you know, whatever I can do with my beard, I'll do it. I'm with you. I did once upon a time, let my shit grow out, braided it, had a nice purple hue going to it, so I had a nice purple braided beard i love that shit and at the time i did have some hair on my head so i actually had a purple mohawk to go along with it i do not i'm i'm, I'm in the same situation as you <laughs> when it's up there so yeah yes but get this started with a little something i saw on twitter which by the way you can find us on twitter at rmk madness for me and for the marge heron of course at aa ron stew 09 and the deed W pod, which is DW underscore pod on the Twitters. And on Twitter, I liked something you put on there about the, the metal music before potting. And and because I'm a metal head and I love metal. It's not the only thing I listen to, but I'm always into the metal. And the wife and I were just talking because she's a metal head as well. However, she's a different kind of person when it comes to morning time, right? She needs a little time to wake up, little chill mode. But see, for me, once I'm up and I'm up, I'm ready to go. So you can wake me up with some fucking Pantera if you want. It will not bother me at all. <laughs> and whereas my wife needs a little something a little more softer. And I think I'm probably more in the minority. I mean, people tend to hate alarm clocks. I don't know if too many people want to wake up to heavy metal, but I quite enjoy doing it. If and it's if it's not waking up to it, I'm probably listening to something along those lines shortly after. I'm the same. Like for, for me, I can wake up once I'm up, man. I want to just I need to get my music in. It, it kind of gets me get, gets me going a little bit, helps me wake up, get ready to deal with people. And, and lately, I've just been on a massive Avatar kick right now. Just yeah, listening to everything, listening to their live concerts, listening to going album by album. Uh, I freaking love Avatar Country. Like that is a, the 2018 album of theirs. It's nice. I'm gonna have to and check this make, shit out. I've never yeah, heard of the Avatar full, Country. You haven't heard of the uh, of that album of theirs or have you have you heard of avatar at all no like okay is this like death metal or um one of their classifications is death metal but you'll you'll freaking love it and and here's one of the best things like they have that i don't dislike i I don't dislike (laughs) death metal but (laughs) i'm just curious there's some death metal i haven't heard of so i'm like how have i not heard of this band well they're from sweden that's that's one thing and the the avatar country album the reason i like it is you can go on youtube and they have a 45 minute video like they made like the entire album basically is just music video after music video like they mm. they dubbed it the metal odyssey and it's just it's good it's good stuff it's, i'll check it out for sure it's man. got what i like in, in metal bands like you got some some crazy guitar parts and they they just they they know how they know how to 
form too like you'll yeah. love the live dude i love foreign metal bands but i never it's it's always seems to be someone else introducing a few years into my sobriety someone was like oh dude have you heard gojira and i was like know who the fuck is gojira and he was like check <laughs> this shit out and i was like oh this is incredible what is that what is this again gojira yeah like godzilla man oh okay got it, i got it so i i had no idea who they were and i'm just like and it, at that point had a few albums out so i'm like how have i not heard of this shit and it's usually a foreign band and uh, like somehow i haven't discovered them but i have people like you to introduce them to me so fantastic absolutely and the the one song I just absolutely recommend, gotta check and check out Bloody Angel by them. It is just and that gets the blood pump in there. It's just it is a badass song, great live a live song as well. It's it is crazy. I, I don't know when they got big. Um, I think it's only been kind of recent years. Like maybe it might have been around twenty twenty eighteen. Um, hmm. When, when they finally like kind of made it big big um but just they kick-ass performances they know how they know how to entertain because that's a difficult thing you can play instruments sure a lot of bands can play instruments but they know how to just play the crowd it's great i'm gonna check them out for sure i'm actually on their stuff right now bloody angel you said yeah that's that's probably their number one song like that is just whoo okay. man well but, I got the Apple Music, so I fucking added Bloody Angel. So now I got some Sweet. some some Avatar to check out, and I'm gonna do that because it sounds awesome, <laughs> and they look awesome. They have the picture on that. I love me some Apple Music. It's good stuff. Anyway, so I had to see that. I had to mention it because I'm a, as a musician. I just obviously love the music, and so I just love talking about the music, and especially with metalheads because like there's not enough of us, right. <laughs> and, and and but again i also listen to more than just metal so like i, I get in little kicks with things metal's always there for me but i yeah. get in the little other kicks of things i like and right now i'm in this total grunge phase so it's lots of nirvana and stone temple yeah. pilots and local age and shit i listen to is like a young teenager <laughs> so i get in the little phases like that that i listen to alongside the metal but that's the most current one is is the grunge phase but um yeah, I just fucking love music, man. Just fucking love music. But too, I always man. love connecting with other metalheads because, like I said, they we they need they, the world needs more of us. Fuck. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now, there's always a bad rap, but for the most part, I, I'm even picky about like the metal I listen to. Mm -hmm. The first metal band I really fell in love with, Killswitch Engage, Howard Jones yeah. on vocals. Oh, yeah, we talked about the yes, the kill switch. Yes, because oh, so yeah. many people are in love with the original singer. And I'm like, I like him, too. But I'm like, man, Howard was a shit. <laughs> he really was. When he was the lead in there, that, that's when I feel like kill switch engages at their at their peak. Um, I, I really haven't listened much to their to their newer stuff, but ah, just just tough. And the heartache is one of my favorite metal albums ever. Absolutely. And then uh, as I lay dying at, right after it, those two albums, that's all I need on Kill Switch Engage. <laughs> good stuff, man. Good stuff. Okay. So we got some music in because I love that shit. You love that shit. Metalheads. Fuck yeah. Now, also, it's been raining a little bit here, which made me think, like, because we've gotten a lot of rain. I mean, since it, <laughs> we haven't had a lot of 
really good weather. I mean, basically since last summer. So, so it's, it's always something, which is okay. Cause it, actually even during the summer here, I remember constantly, there's always afternoon fucking showers. So we get rain. It's no, it's no big thing. And I love the rain personally. So, but you know, it makes it so you don't want to take the kids out, things like that, but that's okay. I love the rain and I love extreme weather. Like I tornadoes, this shit fascinates me. Like I, for the longest fucking time, I swore I was going to be a fucking storm chaser, just like on Twister, the movie. I was going to be out there chasing tornadoes because, and that shit still fascinates me. I'll never forget when I was very young and it was before I moved to Iowa, when I was here in Colorado, we had a little town home in Aurora. And I remember we went outside and it was me and my dad and we were looking up and we saw a funnel cloud starting to form. And I think we heard on the news, I don't remember how many miles down the road it was, but it touched down somewhere down the road. Um, I mean, a ways down the road, but we had seen that shit go right above our house, man. And that's some crazy shit, but I've always been, and I know terrifying, dangerous, yes, but I've also found them fascinating, you know? And so I really thought someday I'm gonna be a storm chaser, but obviously never came to fruition with that because we're sitting here talking fantasy football. Well, not yet, but you <laughs> we're getting there. We're getting there. Let's... <laughs> All right. So I don't know if you have anything on storm chasing or anything like that. Um, <laughs> I, I live in Northeast Texas. We're, we're in one consistent tornado watch after another. But it, it, You're probably not as fascinated by that. <laughs> if you live in Northeast Texas, if there's ever a tornado warning, everyone just goes out on the back porch. Like that, that's what we do. <laughs> just a normal day in Texas. Right. Hey, that works. All right, man. Well, the cool thing is we did, um, since our last pod, get a little bit of a surprise, and that was invitations to the Scott Fish Bowl. This is very exciting. We very much appreciate Scott Fish and and the Podfather, all of those who made it happen. And, um, you know, we got your boys of the Roto Underworld representing in this thing which I like to see in the name of charity, of course, that's what it's all about, but I want to have some fun and I want to see, I want to see how well I stack up in this thing. You know what I mean? So I'm very excited for this and uh, it's just, it's going to be a good time for a good cause. And I I know you're as honored as I am and you're also fucking ready to go. So very much so it's, it's, it was surreal getting that invitation. Like, (laughs) you know, the important thing, course is charity and you know then the number two thing is just it's fun but like if you're in the field that we are that that we're in of creating content and talk about fantasy football like that's one of the that's one of the ways that you know that you've you've made it to some degree is when you get invited to this so it's really awesome i've been following it for I think really it was a couple of years ago when it was brought to my attention. I really didn't mm-hmm. hear about it before, but since then I've been like, I want in this like somehow, like I, same reason. I just want to see how I, how I compare against, you know, the, the, especially the analysts that, that I look up to and I soak in their advice. Right. Well, and that's kind of, that's part of it for me. And I, I learned about it a few seasons ago. 
Um, but I didn't sign up that first year because I was just getting into the idea. I had been working on podcasting. I mean, I've I, the, the podcasting thing, it goes back like five years, five, six years for me when me and my brother tried to start something, uh, which never really worked out. But so I start doing it on my own. And then it was a couple of years ago, I got very serious, but it was around, it was a little bit before then I saw Scott Fish and, you know, it's not just for analysts, it's fans too. But I was like, you know, I'm going to wait till I have something published before I try and apply for this thing. Cause I, I'm going to want to try and enter it as an analyst. And the next year is when I joined player profiler, got my first pieces published. And I was like, okay, went ahead and filled out the stuff. What tried to get in no invite. Okay. So I'll sign up next year. And so I did. And we find out, Hey, special surprise from the pod father. And it's like, there you go. And to get the actual invite to know, Hey, we're actually going to be involved in this thing. It's an honor and very fucking cool. And I just hope I can represent. And, and yeah, as much as we're doing this great cause for charity, all of that, I really do. I want, I want to compete too, because that's what I do. And, uh, and we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Now I know I've heard Podfather talk about it every fucking year. It's very important when we find out all the rules and stuff. <laughs> that we study that a lot because <laughs> it seems like that's the thing every year is make sure you understand the rules so i'm going to make sure i'm on that shit as soon as it comes out that way i have a good idea of what i want to how i want to try and attack the draft even though you know you got to be flexible as we'll talk about later flexible not robot flexible we'll get into it <laughs> but anyway yes so both very excited for that Good stuff. Anything to add uh, at the end of that, my friend? No, I think you covered all the bases there. And yeah, just the, the excitement that I have, it's, it matches yours. Like, it's just, I, I'm pumped. Like, I'm ready. <laughs> and, and now I'm sitting there and I'm like, I can't wait for the rules to come out and to see what crazy stuff that's got, that's got Fish and Ryan McDowell, what they've got for, <laughs> for everyone. So, well, Ooh. I remember seeing in the email, didn't it say something like, you can flex kickers? And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's why I, I grew my mustache. I see what you're trying to do. I see what you're trying to do. Okay. okay. So I grew so, my mustache. I get to go, hmm. <laughs> it goes so, so great with everything. I just love it. Uh, <laughs> the March Herring. The greatest. Oh, I love it. Okay. Scott Fish. Scott Fish Bowl. Very proud. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. But now we need to kind of get into the actual meat of the show that get into this some football chatter and we begin with the nfl news of course and you got to begin all this urban meyer stuff uh atn reps at wide receiver what's it that james right what is going on with all with urban meyer is is are is this going to be a disaster or might he actually have some good ideas what's going on what are you taking from all this jacksonville urban meyer chatter i'll start with we're at the point of the offseason where we're past the nfl draft and when before the nfl draft at least had that to keep us sane because we could speculate on everything we don't know what teams are going to do now the draft's done rosters are pretty much complete you're going to see some small moves well you see some big names move here in the next couple of weeks but for the most part 
99% of the moves are done. So now we're at this part of the off season where stuff that isn't news becomes news. And, and I saw the story, Urban Meyer lining up ETN at wide receiver. This, this isn't anything bad on Urban Meyer. It's nothing bad on Travis ETN. People are just going to overreact to things. Teams do this stuff that like, this is what they do in the off season. They're going to try different things. They're just going to see how they do in the situation. Doesn't mean that ETN's not going to be utilized as a running back. It just means like, Hey, if he, if he can, if he can line up at receiver and make some plays there, then, Hey, that's a way to get ETN and James Robinson on the field at the same time. Maybe you line right. them both up in the backfield and ETN goes in motion and, you know, when you move guys in motion, like that causes just confusion for a defense. So I don't think that's bad. I, but to answer the other question on, let's deserve it. Meyer know what he's doing. It's not because of this story, but my answer is no. <laughs> they just, ah, my goodness. I, I feel for Jacksonville. I feel that like this is going to be the rebuild that fails <laughs> spectacularly. Mm. Um, but for ETN, like, shoot if people are fading etn for this capitalize on it. if you haven't drafted in your rookie draft and he falls because of this it's your benefit hey. there <laughs> yep i would agree and hey maybe this is the, there is some good tidings for james robinson who knows and it, it is weird because i did what is this just blah 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 or is there it, like what it's just like what is going on here because you already look at okay well they took atn in the first round you already look at that and go okay (laughs) so it's just like you have to wonder what the hell urban meyer is doing but i guess we're gonna find out we're we're gonna find out (sighs) poor jacksonville anyway i thought this story was kind of interesting um i tried everything i could to find this dude's workout metrics to see if there was anything there. Nothing. I can't, I can't find anything. I mean, some stats, but I didn't really, I was really trying to see if there was anything metric wise there and I couldn't find anything at all, but Baltimore adding another receiver. It's apparently a high school teammate of Lamar Jackson's someone he threw quite a few touchdowns to guy's name is Dante Silensu if I'm saying it right Silensu 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 maybe (laughs) but high school teammate of Lamar Jackson I mean obviously this is probably more than likely nothing but you never know I mean Jobs in that re- receiver group pretty much seem up for grabs right now, unless you're Rashad Bateman. He's he's pretty much guaranteed there. But anybody else seems any other spot. I mean, could it be up for grabs? Is there a chance for this dude? And it, did, did you find anything on this guy? Because it, 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 I first read it and I'm just like, this is probably stupid, not worth mentioning anything like that. But I'm like, I don't know. Right. Maybe I, I there's just... something to this. Well, and I saw I saw on the show sheet a new receiver, and I I was confused too because then I was like, who did who did they sign? And that, I at first I thought we were talking about like Deion Kane, but I was like, no, Deion Kane's like been there a little while. So yeah, like this is honestly the first time I've ever heard of his name. The Panthers, <laughs> did, 
the Panthers did something similar too. Like the Carolina, the Panthers signed, oh, I'm pulling up his name, uh, Micah Simon, right? Simone, okay. uh, you know, so chances are it's nothing. <laughs> it's, right. We have seen crazy things. We've seen crazy things. It's the difficult thing for, for this guy, for, for the Ravens, is they drafted, obviously, Bateman. They signed Sammy Watkins. They, they still have hold of why do i constantly forget about sammy watkins because he's very forgettable and he always disappears (laughs) he disappears after week two every season um but this this may be a guy that catches on on practice squad because even if you don't make it as one of the five or six receivers maybe it's a guy they that they stash maybe he spends a year or two practice squad and then then becomes something but chances are if he's going to become anything like we're looking like years down the road, but I, it is interesting that I, I didn't know that he was a teammate, a high school teammate of Lamar Jackson. Maybe that's the only reason he's on the team is to, I don't know how close Possibly. he was with Lamar Jackson, but you know, keep the star quarterback happy. I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and go full transparency here as I normally do. I didn't put his name on the fucking show sheet before I sent it to the March Heron. So he had no idea who this guy was. And uh, (laughs) so I'm sitting here thinking, I hope Aaron found something on him because I had some hard, like I found stats, but I didn't put any of that down because of the, I was looking for the workout metrics and I'm like, and, 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 and I didn't even give the name to my guy. (laughs) that's right like i did see the name and i was like is this this is the guy i know nothing about him i'd like i'm just like you haven't seen the name anywhere i don't know anything about this guy it nothing it i don't know if even surely he played college yeah he was on (laughs) he he was in a college he did play college football and and there were some stats there i wish i could i should have looked up it i'm gonna look it up now but yeah he (laughs) What was dude's name? Dante. Okay. Sorry, man. Yeah. You got a crazy it's, ass. Okay. It's quite the last name. You know, it's a cousin stick, but chances are it's just, it's a practice body. You know, it, right. when you're filling out a 90 man roster, you have to have training camp bodies and it just someone, I guess for Lamar to throw the ball to uh, <laughs> these teams will go. It, it's been a weird well, 2020 was weird and 2021's weird as well. You're not seeing as many undrafted free agents sign. So maybe they just, they, they had an open spot and they right. had no one else to sign. Maybe that's why they signed them. No clue. Well, let's see if there's anything here. Come on, come on. I'm trying to find some fucking stats for this dude i can't even find those anymore (laughs) he played for graceland university by the way (laughs) graceland uh, is tennessee i guess is that memphis graceland university wow okay so no i was wrong that's iowa okay (laughs) so uh, that tells but let's let's be real he's a training camp training camp body fun name it's I think it even kind of fits into what we talked about about just we're at that point of the off season where like it's there's it's so quiet 
there isn't much noise on on anything that that this is the talking points that we have. It's You're right. That a You're former right. Lamar Jackson you... high school teammate is with Baltimore. Would be a cool story. I mean, I'll be rooting for this guy. That would be a great story. But he has got an uphill battle for a team that's made several additions to, to their wide receiver core just this offseason alone. Right. I'm rooting for him, too. I, yeah. I'd, I'd be a lot happier rooting for him if I knew he had pretty good workout metrics. But <laughs> we'll unfortunately, we don't know either way. And uh, so, that, again, I, I, I guess I was hoping – that uh, I did not forget to put that name down for you. And uh, so, yeah, that feels like a little bit of what, well, whatever. Um, <laughs> so moving on, Green Bay signs Bortles. I'm not even going to – just figured I'd mention it. Still yeah. don't know what's going on with the Aaron Rodgers drive. It's too early to tell. Maybe Bortles is there. If Rodgers goes, if Rodgers comes back. Bortles is probably gone. I mean, I don't know who else they have other than Jordan Love. Maybe they hang on to Bortles for back. I don't know. And that's exactly why they signed him. Um, people are well, – Blake Bortles has a cult following, but it's because there's Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, and they had no other quarterbacks. So, like, they, they also signed – oh, I know he played for – he played for the Falcons. Um, oh, I know. Yeah. Kurt something. Like, yeah. you know, they're, they're – Bringing in quarterbacks to actually just to be able, yeah, Kurt Ben Kurt, um, who had some hype, Great I think, a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> just they they are bringing in guys for training camp, and it's I I think one of the takeaways on this one is Bortles is at least a notable name, and it does make you wonder okay, where is Jordan Love in his development? Because they could have just signed random player X, you know, that right. that that just needs some reps to maybe get noticed by a team. But no, like they signed, the, they signed a quarterback that, yes, people go, he's a bust, but he's been around the NFL primarily as a starter for, for quite a while now. Like that's, that is notable in that is that maybe love still isn't ready to be the backup quarterback. Right. That's like Bortles can't be for a backup quarterback. Can't be cheap. You know, no. whatever the veteran minimum is, he's probably making over a million dollars. Right. Instead of just bringing in undrafted rookie free agents. So that, that will be a story to watch. Not so much the Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but it is fun to go. Blake Bortles has gone two seasons without throwing an interception. <laughs> he hasn't lost a playoff him. game either. Get on <laughs> him. Okay, so rookie QBs, continuing with the QB theme. And we'll just and we'll we'll make this pretty quick because it did T Law limited big scare, but apparently he looks great. Or not a big scare, but just a little scare that he's gonna be coming along slowly. It doesn't seem to be the case. He's got, you know, recovering from the shoulder. And then with San Francisco, apparently they're really gonna focus on Lance and try and get him going. Does this mean because I think a lot of us were assuming that this one I do find a little interesting because I, I I have drafted Trey Lance a couple of times this off season, and I would be very interested to see if they put him out there early, because I think I, many of us were under the assumption that Jimmy G is going to get a little bit, 
Like, you you know, but maybe not. And again, you go back to, which is very true. And it is hard to find shit to talk about during these times after the draft and all this stuff. And so these are the little tidbits you get, but this is one. Yeah. It could just be more chatter early in the off season, you know, after the draft, we still got, you know, months to go before the season starts. But I also feel like there, there's, there's some reality to this to where if Trey Lance shows up and is looking fairly on point, maybe this, they just roll him from the start. And I'd love to see that with rookie quarterbacks, to be honest. Absolutely. And one of the, one of the reports I saw, and it sounds pretty crazy, but it, it comes from the athletics, Matt Barrows, who covers the 49ers. He covered them before he joined the athletic. And, and I go, man, please don't do this, San Francisco. But they talked about this. Is, I, I'm looking at NBC Sports Edge or what used to be Roto World. They want to sprinkle in Trey Lance the way the Saints have used Taysom Hill in recent seasons. And I'm like, oh, don't, don't do You can't do that with Trey Lance. I mean, Lance has the athleticism to do that. But I know Jalen Hurts kind of did that. And I, and now that I think about it, Lamar Jackson did that as well, his rookie season. But Lamar Jackson was a first-round pick, but he was drafted the last pick of the first round. Like, Trey Lance was picked third overall. Right. This, this was the 49ers. Like, they may have had Trevor Lawrence as their number one guy if they could have actually gotten him. But Trey Lance was their, their number two guy from everything we could tell. It's like, you can't risk – getting getting your future quarterback you know the guy that's supposed to be qb for ideally the next decade you can't risk putting him out there and getting hurt um because lamar jackson was far from a finished product he was so raw um like they they certainly didn't know that he would become what he what he has um and jalen hurts i know last year did that but jalen hurts was a second round pick and not like you're not guaranteed to be a starting quarterback when you're drafted outside the, the first round. So right. it's, uh, they, they could utilize his athleticism, but they have got to be really careful. I, I hope they don't do that as a person that also has Trey Lance in dynasty <laughs> leagues. And I, if he catches on fast, like there's other stories about how the West coast offense is not going to be a problem for Trey Lance because mm-hmm. his college coach doing what a good college coach is going to do and back up this former player going, Oh yeah, he ran the West coast and he knows the terminology and he'll catch on fast. <laughs> Thanks coach. You're, you're doing right. exactly what else is he going to say on that one? But let's just say if he is ready, I mean, Lance is, he's a big boy. I mean, he, you know, six, four, what two, like two twenty six. like he, it's, it's not like, he physically should be able to handle some of that. He might pref- preferably put on a little bit more uh, muscle, but you know, it's that really does seem to be the most pro-ready quarterback in terms of physical build. Trevor right. Lawrence is going to be starter day one, but he's six six, but I want to say two fifteen. Like he's kind of lanky, kind of skinny. Mm. So I, I can get behind. Like yeah, if Trey Lance is out there. Like once June first it passes like Garoppolo is not, not safe at all. Like they'll, I don't know who they'll trade them to. They may just wait and see what quarterback gets hurt and right. then trade them. Yeah, I definitely think. And it, I, you know, I don't want, I wouldn't want Trey Lance rushed, 
but you got Jimmy G there. So if they feel that confident, they're willing to go Lance over Jimmy G. I'm going to go ahead and trust. They got a good reason why. <laughs> and, and I, I hope just it, thought it of pays fantasy dividends. I thought of a connection that, and I've, I, nothing that I've listened to or read has ever brought up this connection here, but the, I hate to bring up Deshaun Watson again, but maybe the Texans are the team that makes a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. There's New England ties there. And, and it's kind of weird. Kind of weird that we haven't talked at like nobody's really mentioned that connection at all. There's a need. There's an obvious connection there with New England and, and Garoppolo. Right. Like that's if I Davis agree. knows this already, like I could that, see it. That that could be a match made in heaven. So for sure. We'll see. We'll see. It's gonna be fun. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Okay. So before we move on. And before we take our break, because as you know, we got to have at least one in here for the chatter's bladder. But wanted to get it, try a little bit of a new segment, because I'll be honest, folks, I'll be honest, Madcaps. Look, we weren't sure. We we were thinking maybe we'll have a guest on this week. We thought we might we might have the potential to get one. So I was kind of very loose with the with the show sheet and how we wanted to approach this week. And uh, I didn't really get a big huge topic in there. So and and let's face it, there's not a ton going on right now. People doing some rookie drafts and stuff. And but otherwise, NFL fairly quiet. If you can't tell from the news section there, so. You know, we just kind of got almost a collection of different things, of different topics, as opposed to like something that's really like a main topic. So we begin with a little something new that I thought of to add in, to try and add a little something more to the pod. And that is just random thoughts, mad random thoughts about fantasy football. And while I do have some, Aaron, my friend, I would love for you to go first. All right. So we it stinks in, in football like when when athletes get hurt but it is the nature of football that players are going to get hurt and there was already one that affects more dynasty not redraft but Deshaun mm-hmm. Hamilton of the Denver Broncos towards ACL that stinks and it was he was going to get cut anyway so it it stinks it it probably from a financial thing, because I guess there's probably something that protects his. Uh, he has some compensation, I'm sure, that protects against injury. So he should still be getting paid. But in Dynasty, there's always an X man up. And mm-hmm. Denver's depth chart, we know Sutton is coming back from an ACL, but he's still not quite there yet. But he should be ready right. to go week one. So Sutton and Judy should be the top two guys. And they're pretty deep at receiver. Tim Patrick was serviceable last year, a great, ideally number four receiver. And KJ Hamler is a speed guy. He should have a role. But with Hamilton going down with an injury, the question becomes who becomes that fifth receiver? And with training camps not starting, if you're the fifth receiver, you're an injury away from starting to get some playing time right and and another injury away from from being from getting some good snaps and the the rookie the rookie that makes sense has kind of got a lot of hype and then no draft capital is seth williams right how however there's a guy i think uh an, an 
incumbent backup that is favorable, and, and that's Tyree Cleveland, who was a seventh round pick last year. I didn't realize until I, I looked into Tyree Cleveland, he he made the team last year and he actually contributed as a kick returner. He was their best guy in terms of uh, yards per kick return. Um, okay. Led the team in kick return yards, averaged 23.4 yards, a respectable amount. And when Seth Williams was drafted, they, the thing the Broncos said is like, he's got to, he's got to play special teams. He's got to mm-hmm. play special teams. I see him competing with Tyree Cleveland because Cleveland's a similar build, 6'3", 206 pounds. He ran a 4'4", 40-yard dash, which for a guy that's six foot three, that is a really good speed score, 107.186 percentile. And he has an 88th percentile burst. So the guy already returns kicks. Right now, I, he should be the favorite to be the kick returner, which means he should be right now. There's a lot of offseason to go. He has a spot on the team. The guy in front of him just tore his ACL. And all we need is something else to to happen to oh, man, we don't want to wish it on it, but if Sutton has a has uh something in his recovery uh, mm. that that he has to recover more, or if one of the two backups, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, if they're not if something happens to them, all of a sudden Tyree Cleveland, who's already been in the offense and there's some efficiency stats there. He didn't run a lot of routes. He only ran 27 routes. But one of my favorite stats for receivers is yards per route run. He averaged 2.33. I basically go anything above two yards per route run is excellent. Like that, that means you were productive there. So on his slim routes, he was putting up something. So flash just a little bit. People are going to get excited about Seth Williams, but Tyree Cleveland for the deep, deep, deep dynasty leagues. That's a guy to start keeping track of. He's still probably another injury away from being a guy that you can pick up, but it's the type of stuff that we got to be watching. Got to watch those injuries. Got to watch the depth charts. Right. I completely agree. I'm going to start with you went receiver. So I'm going to go receiver real quick, even though this was like, if I can get this one, I will. So I'm going to make it quick and let me fix my thing real quick here. But that is rookie Anthony Schwartz. I just got to say, I'm loving him more and more by the day. I mean, are his metrics great across the board? No, but this dude has speed, and I just have this feeling he's going to be the perfect weapon in this offense. I don't know what it is. I just, I really like what this dude brings to the table speed-wise. They don't really, I mean, because with that, they have Jarvis, and Jarvis is getting up there, and they need, I mean, all around, they could have done more at receiver, if you ask me, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, really, <clears throat> because, I, they, I mean, I would like to hope that, Odell is going to have a good year next year, but we're also not necessarily 100% certain that that you goddamn cat. Sorry, folks. <laughs> we're not certain that, you know, 100% certain that he'll be on the Browns all year. And then, you know, Jarvis is getting up there. I like Jarvis. All right, but he's getting up there. And so, I mean, there's gotta be, you have Richard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, but there's got to be 
something coming from somewhere. And I feel like Schwartz's speed is something they could really fucking use. And I feel like it's specifically why he was taken. And I just feel like he could really be one of these rookies that makes an impact in year one. And Schwartz has been, I've been getting them like everywhere. Third round, it's <laughs> almost a lock. That I'm getting right. Anthony Schwartz. Um, I'm going to pivot to like the, to a, another rookie receiver, a bit more high profile. But I, last year, I fell in love with Brandon Ayuk. Absolutely fell in love with with, with the player. And, and thanks to, uh, big thanks to Breakout Finder. Like that's really put me on, uh, on Brandon Ayuk's radar. And then this year, I kind of found like a similar guy that obviously Jamar Chase is the number one guy. And then when it gets to the next tier, you hear about Devontae Smith and Terrace Marshall, who has the size and looks like a dominant receiver. Um, or he looks like the, uh, like an alpha, which is what we, what we like. Rondell Moore gets a freak athlete, but teeny tiny. Uh, Rashad Bateman. Um, that that may have been it. people have Rashad Bateman at least in the top three, but I kind of put my money where my mouth was in the, in a dynasty rookie draft in a ten team league. I was sitting there with the two hundred two, and I drafted a different receiver. I went with the other more. I went with Elijah Moore, and holy shit! <laughs> when I you put him in the breakout finder. And he's one of just three rookie receivers that has a breakout rating over 40%. Like mm. that's what first caught my attention. I'm like, holy moly, after the draft capital and everything, it's not Devontae Smith. It's not Jalen Waddle. It's not uh, Rashad Bateman. It's either, it was this Elijah Moore. And I'm like, five, nine, just under 180 pounds. Like, like what? What is there? And then you pull up player profile, and I'm like, holy crap, the guy's fast. He has 98th percentile agility score. You go to what he did, what he did in college, and and once AJ Brown and DK Metcalf were were gone, it was the Elijah Moore show for two straight seasons. Over right. a 30 percent target share back to back seasons with a 35 percent target share in 2019. As a sophomore, <laughs> that's that's insane. He contributed on special teams and you know this is a bit more of a narrative thing but like when he was drafted like aj brown was i don't know if he was like there or on the phone but like the story is like you know aj brown's like telling him like you're a better receiver uh than me. there's things you could do that i i can't do and you know yes he he's not the alpha size that we like but I've just I have bought all in on Elijah Moore. I drafted him like Devonte Smith went the pick after me. And when I find my guys that that, that I believe in, because I I don't believe in Devonte Smith. Like I I want high upside. I'm gonna swing for the fences every single time. Like I freaking took Elijah Moore in the twelfth pick of a super flex draft. I dig it, man. I like it. Hey, you got to get your guys. And I do think, I, I, I do think there's, it's, it's an interesting receiver class. It, re- it really is. I'm, I'm kind of uh, curious to see how this plays out. I mean, yeah, it's just, I it, it just feel like, again, all around very weird draft year, but I'm kind of interested with the wide receivers, um, quarterbacks, even tight ends, uh, running back, not so much. 
yeah. there you know there's the top guys but then there's yeah you know uh and i'm looking at this san francisco backfield and i saw something on twitter today and people were talking about trey sermon and for me someone i should i should have taken note of who made the perfect statement you go with the cheapest that would be elijah mitchell that would be elijah mitchell now i feel like raheem mostert man i like him he far exceeded expectations but he's he's older has some recent injuries and then you got jeff wilson Eh. so you got to be looking at these two rookies right and obviously yes sermon's got the draft capital they moved up to get him and he does have a couple of inches and about 14 pounds on elijah mitchell but he's also slow i mean yes he does have burst agility but so does elijah mitchell and elijah mitchell also has the speed to go with it and i can't help but like the, the way i'm trying to envision this offense okay if you get if you've gotten trey lance in there debo Ayuk, you got kittle out there wouldn't you think they could really use elijah mitchell's speed huh and i, I just got a feeling like he's gonna fit really well with what they're trying to do and not that they won't be able to use Trey Sermon but I I just feel like he could be more of that uh, you know short yardage grinder maybe goal line back maybe he's the new Jeff Wilson (laughs) I don't know and you would think they want to do more with him since they moved up the draft capital all of that I just I maybe I'm missing something I know there's people out there really into Trey Sermon, and there's definitely reason to like him to an extent. But I feel like there's not enough there that Elijah Mitchell can't sneak up there. And, it, you know, even if it's if it's a combination of those two guys, I'll take a piece of that San Francisco backfield. You know what I mean? So I'm really into some Elijah Mitchell as well. And I've picked him up in a few rookie drafts as of recent. So I'm kind of hoping for the best with this, with this guy, because I I really like what he brings to the table. You got the college, college yards per 84th percentile. Okay. He was probably average on the, on the college target share, but there's a lot of stuff to like about this dude's profile. So I'm very interested to see how this um, running group, running back group plays out in San Francisco, because I definitely feel like there's a chance Mostert's not there. But then again, they do seem, I mean, they did the whole restructuring with the contract and everything. They do seem to like him. So maybe he is kept around, but I, I don't think even if he's there, he's going to be as productive as these younger guys. So I, I definitely feel like eh, this backfield is a little up for grabs. Yeah. And I think you've, you've got the right idea of like, if you're going to draft a 49ers running back, it's like what we do with the Patriots year after year after year. Exactly. Just take, what? Yeah. Just take the last one, take whatever the fourth running back is. You know, just take them and at least you got a share of it. And, and that's a perfect segue into what I got because there is, I always like kind of doing some 
deep diving into team's depth charts to find a player. It usually have to kind of wait a little bit. There's a second year running back that there's a great chance he's available in your leagues right now. And that's JJ Taylor of the New England Patriots. Because mm. yes, they have Damian Harris. He's the main guy. And yes, they drafted Ramondre Stevenson and they still have Sony Michelle, but Michelle may not even make it out of training camp, if we're being honest. Like they he's a former first round pick. They said no on the fifth year option. So as a guy on, yep. on a on a one-year contract, he has got to compete. And the thing that did shock me, I really thought James White was going to move on from New England. I just it seemed that he was gonna follow Brady. Um I I was I was surprised, but in Dynasty, we play the long game. James White, he will be there. Like, his contract, it's just a one-year deal, Mm. and just about all the money is guaranteed on it. So, like, he will at least make the team, and depending on how well the Patriots do, he should be on the team. If they start to fall out of playoff contention, they may go ahead and move on from him. Like, White's not a bad player. But the Patriots may be facing uh, a rebuild if this season does not go well, which you could certainly make the story for it. They drafted a quarterback in the first round that like so Cam Newton being the the starter may not be the starter for the full season. Usually a quarterback change isn't going to go well. I mean, yes, a Justin Herbert story um, happens, but then other times there's there's a Tua Tunga Valoa story where like that change, that QB transition is a growing pains period. And the reason I like JJ Taylor is that they are absolutely grooming him to play a James White role in in the offense. They absolutely love the guy. And yes, he stands at five foot five, but he weighs 185 pounds. So he might be short, but he's, he's solid as well. His best comparable is Chris Thompson. As we know, Chris Thompson has had fantasy success of being a guy that could just catch passes, but Taylor can also carry the load too. He, he finished last season. He didn't have a massive workload, but he finished with 23 carries and on those carries, he got 110 rushing yards. He, he, he was solid. He was solid there. And he had, um, I'm looking it up right now. What a 85th percentile college target share, you know, just under 12%. Like, so the guy can catch passes the guy was able to like when you when he got on the field and, and got decent playing time, like he was productive. There there was a couple of games. There was a game late in the season against Buffalo where he had six carries, thirty-eight yards. Yes, like that doesn't do anything in fantasy football, but that's over six yards per carry. He got on the field like early in the season too. It was it was weird. He was playing early in the season and then like massive three-month period that he he wasn't active so they trusted him early and then he must have still been improving and when his number was called late in the season still productive he's one of my favorite guys to stash and, and right now like if you go and play a profiler he's not even ranked and i think that that's a that's a shame right there right i i, I do like finding the guys that even player profiler does have right because i i i believe i can't plant my flag on taylor like he will be like this, you're going to want him now because he's available everywhere. Right. And come next season, it'll be him, Stevenson, Harris. Like, I mean, Taylor could very well be like that James White role next season 
while mm. Stevenson and Harris are competing to to be the the like the the typical first down, second down grinder there. Taylor's right. gonna have a role. They love him. I dig it, man. I actually do have him on a couple of rosters. So I like to hear good stuff about guys that I have rostered. So unless you have anything else, I'm going to end this with a quick little rant. But if you've got something else, by all means. Uh, just uh, one one sad thing, too. Raquel Armstead was waived. And it's, I saw that. And really, it's not even a fantasy thing. We just hope that his health, like whatever it was, like, we were all kept in the dark. Like we know it was COVID related, but like I can't recall any other athlete missing an entire season. Like, so it, there was some really weird stuff going on there. So just for Armstead, like football comes next. I just hope that, that the guy's healthy and and, like, I I can't find anything on this. So, you know, prayers for, for Armstead. I just hope that he, it's he's still not affected by COVID. Yeah, dude. I, and I 100% support that because I, some of my frustrations sometimes with social media is seeing the, you know, anti-mask, anti-vaccine, COVID is a hoax, th- that kind of thing, because it's frustrating to see as someone who's very logic based in how I approach things. Mm-hmm. Like I, like, I pretty yeah I don't have a problem taking science at its word and 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 I just feel like there's not enough education out there about this shit because it's not just like this whole Cole Beasley thing with him talking about the stuff it's just like I'm all for have your opinion but when you're spouting out not facts and you've got like a platform and a voice that shit bothers me like and it's just kind of it just feels like a whole fucking mess (laughs) and it and 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 the thing is is that we still do not understand enough about this shit covid meaning and you know the long-term effects and the more people are finding the scientists are finding out about the long-term effects even if you didn't get that sick it, the long-term effects can be pretty fucked up and scary. Right, and it's just right. like, it, you know, we still don't know enough about this. And, and so some of the ignorance, it, it just gets kind of frustrating. And and it, it does suck to see him. I hope he's good, like you said, because obviously that's someone who, who got it and was having some severe issues from it. Yeah. I, I, I can't, obviously there's not really anything to be found about it, but you know, you just got to hope dude's good. And if you see him on the football field again someday, great. But more than anything, you just, yeah, you got to hope dude's all right. Cause that's some scary shit, man. Exactly. Some scary Bigger shit. things of football. So, you know, and, and Armstead was a guy that I, you know, in dynasty, like his rookie season, that, that was a player. I think a lot, a good amount of people had him as a sleeper. Cause it's like, he had the size, had some, positive things to his profile that was like okay maybe he like who knows like instead of it being james robinson season in a different timeline you know covid hadn't affected arms armstead it could be right well armstead that had a big whole season so right uh, you hate it you hate it when something out of a player's control can can take those those few opportunities but you know for for us we just want we just hope that 
he he can get his health and then focus like football can come later just whatever he's dealing with hopefully it's more positive news i just don't like that there's no news really right yeah i would be kind of interested to learn more about his situation for sure but again more than anything we just got to hope he's okay and, uh, you know, I was I was going to end it on that before we head into our break, um, because that was very serious and very sentimental and it was awesome. Um, but fuck it. I'm going to go ahead and say what I was going to say anyway. <laughs> and it's mainly bitching, uh, really. And it's going to be very quick. Why? I, this is another thing I found on I saw on Twitter. Somebody asked, what is the deal with Aaron Jones trade value? I don't I don't fucking get this. I don't get it, Aaron, because hey, I go to trade away Dalvin Cook. I get plenty. I get plenty. Oh, yeah. Uh, Aaron Jones, nobody fucking wants anything to do with him. What the hell is going on with Aaron? I understand age apex, but if you're willing to buy Dalvin Cook, not Aaron Jones, I'm not understanding here. And it's, it's, I feel like Aaron Jones is the better bet in 2021. Like, that's my opinion. I, people are going to find out about Dalvin. Maybe I'm wrong, but after the workload the past couple of years and the fact he just can't go a full season, I just think, and he's in that age. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the, the Dalvin's near and then. And I just feel like Aaron Jones is going to rock this year. Now, next year might be for Aaron Jones, but I feel like he's got a good year in him this year. Now, a lot of that could change depending on what happens with the roster and the quarterback situation. And maybe that's people's biggest thing, but it feels like it's not just this year. It feels like it's been going on for a few years where it's just the value on Aaron Jones just doesn't seem to be proper. And so I just, I have to complain about that because I don't get it because you, you see Cook, Henry, these kinds of guys, they go for good prices, right? And, but it, but Aaron Jones, no, I don't get it. I, I don't, people don't want to pay up for him. And uh, it's weird to me. And maybe I'm just in the wrong leagues. I don't know. But, <laughs> but it looks like uh, I got a couple leagues with my my roster and it looks like we rolling in 21 together but that that's fine like i said i expect him to have a good year so but it, it does seem weird to me and also i would say trading can we discuss trades i i mean please i that's what i like my brother and i were talking about this was it a day or two ago as well and i think i this is another thing i saw on twitter it's, trades like i don't just like the counter or Trade offer, counter, counter offer, counter offer, counter offer. Like, let's talk about this shit. Because when I approach a trade, I'm going to try and look at a team's needs. What do you need? Are, are you low on running backs? Do I have one I could give in a trade? Cool. Like, that's I'm trying to see what do I go after them first. Hey, I'm going to send you a trade. Looks like you could use some running back help. I got so-and-so. Any interest in, in selling this player or that player for this running back dude and you know you try and get things started instead of just wasting all your time with counter offer counter offer counter offer and maybe it's just because i like to talk a lot anyway 
<laughs> but I, I'm when it comes to trading, I, let's discuss it, man. Let's discuss it. So I'm done ranting. If there's anything you want to add to what I've said, Aaron, please be my guest. But then we're breaking this motherfucker so I can relieve the bladder because it's getting there, my friend. <laughs> well, I'll be quick then. No, no you're, you're good. Uh, you Take your addressing time. trades and I'm, I'm the same way i like to have discussions i don't like yeah. i mean even when i want to do a trade i like to message the person first i feel mm-hmm. like it's just courtesy instead of just shooting a blind offer I'm like hey would you be interested in talking about the trade and like yeah i like to like research and look at what the team where the team's at in dynasty mm-hmm. what you know what they may be interested in if they're rebuilding i'm not trying to sell them julio jones you know i'm right. not even gonna waste our time with that that's um, the most infuriating thing sometimes yeah. when it's like dude you know i got this super young ass team i'm rebuilding what the fuck do i want? <laughs> right like... so it, it's you know i try to at least have a pretty good idea and one of the things i like to do is like when you instead of sending offers like when you can when you're messaging someone and you can like send an offer through message i always like to have like some things where the owner can control like for instance one of the recent trades i did like there was it was one of those small trades like kind of moving into the back of a rookie draft and part of it was like hey i've got plenty of these like back end tight ends right and you know, tell you how small of a trade it was. It was like, I, I told the guy, I said, Hey, as part of this trade, like here's three tight ends, Jordan Akins, Donald Paro and Foster Moreau. Um, you can select whichever one you want as part of the trade. And there you go. Because you know, right. that it's, it's a great thing. Like I find that that's made, that's allowed me to do more trades mm-hmm. because it gives the other person a chance to control some of the offer and the guy was like well i got darren waller so foster moreau like, yeah makes sense um right now regarding aaron jones i don't think it's anything that it's nothing that he's done and it's like it's just because right now the major story every single day it seems is the aaron Rodgers trade right so people are going to lowball like all kinds of offers and i would know about a lowball offer because People are listening. If they follow along, one of my major things I do on Twitter right now, which I've had a blast, is I've got a hashtag: uh, Twitter plays Dynasty FF, where right. any trade offer on one of these teams that that gets sent to me, I put it to a Twitter poll. They vote on whether we do the trade or not, and whatever they say goes. And those bastards on Twitter made made us trade Aaron Jones for the whopping package of Kareem Hunt, Mike Williams, and Donald Parham, future MVP. Of the oh, I remember league. that. Donald Parham. So that's the trade package that Twitter thought was. That's not how I voted, just so uh, you know. I was shocked on it. I I think uh, the poll kind of got sabotaged a little bit, but that's kind of the yeah. beautiful thing about this social experiment is. It's very I, true. I turn to Twitter and I go, all right, Twitter, how are you going to get out of this hole? Because you just made us trade probably our number two player for diddly squat. So right. fun. But it's it's really just the Aaron Rodgers thing affects everything. I, I think, you know, Adams finishes wide receiver one and most people aren't shopping him. And that's probably if you're going to shop a skilled position player in Green Bay, that's the guy to shop because where else can he go but down but 
I'm sure people that are shopping Devontae Adams are finding the same thing where they're like, wow, why is, why is this price so like devalued? Because people are right. already assuming Aaron Rodgers is gone. And the best advice is like, if you find the owners of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams that are panicking about this, then capitalize, you know, if they're looking to sell now for anything, then sure. Awesome. Cause you're right. Aaron Jones, like compared to Dalvin Cook, who has yet to play 16 games in a season, he's fantastic. But like, how healthy is he going to be? Can he can he stay? We now have 17 game season. Like what, right. that that affects Dalvin Cook a lot more than Aaron Jones. So right, yeah, Aaron Jones does not have a lot of mileage. Like he can go a lot further. Like in Dynasty, I'd rather have Jones than the Cook. Um, oh yeah. Because Jones, I Jones, I could see being effective even as he approaches thirty. Dalvin Cook, not so much. This is very true, and and I love Dalvin Cook, I really do. But I I just feel like it's it's going to be short lived with him. I just mm-hmm. I just really do. But uh, okay, great stuff, great stuff. We're going to take a break, and then we're going to come back. And get into a little bit of uh, just a draft strategy. We talked a little rookie draft strategy last week. So this week, uh, just a little bit of general draft strategy. So quick break. We'll be back to talk a little bit of that. I got to tell you, buddy, that was a long pee. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it really was. That one, that first segment went a little bit longer than we expected. And I was, that, that, the bladder was getting some work anyway. And, 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 and I froze my rock star, unfortunately. It's nice. I like slushy stuff though. Sometimes I put my, my sweet tea up in the freezer, get some nice, mm-hmm. and then I pull it out a little bit later, some slushy tea. Oh, that's some good stuff. This this slushy rock star is not working out the greatest right now. But anyway, anyway, we'll get into this. Got a little draft strategy going, like I said. And basically, general discussion, we're a dynasty show. So it's going to be, you know, dynasty. If you want to, at the end, hit up any, any redraft or, or anything like that, tips that you might have, Aaron. But I guess for me, when it comes to, uh, you know, when you're starting out, doing a startup with these dynasty leagues. If it's super flex, obviously, you know, I'm not going to be one to probably go quarterback right away, but I'm definitely going to want to get at least a couple of good ones. I don't think like I'm someone who in a redraft or one quarterback league, I'll get pretty risky with the quarterback situation. Uh, I like to have a, a more solid setup in the super flex, but my thing pretty much my, my strategy when it comes to rookie drafts and I want those young running backs, it's the same thing in, in, in just your startup. Give me the young running backs. I want as many years out of these guys as I can get. Okay. So I'm taking, I'm, I'm targeting the younger guys. And then when it, after that, I also, you want to lean towards a little bit of the younger side with the quarterbacks and, and tight ends and really any position. You don't want to go too old, obviously, in dynasty. But with quarterbacks, the biggest thing, 
mobility, you know, that scrambling ability to either A, help get you rushing yards, or B, for them to extend plays a la Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, to throw strikes downfield. That's the kind of stuff you want to look for, if you ask me. Because, you know, there's such a variance with wide receivers, you know, you don't have to wide get worry about that so much. I mean, that there's quite a few options and you can get some really good, like focus on running back, getting them young. And then, like I said, try and make sure, because that is the thing, those quarterbacks and super flex, the mobile ones, they're going to go a little quicker. So you're definitely probably going to have to spend a second rounder to get one, but I'm willing to do that personally. Um, in super flex and but but as always as always we've talked about it before and and this is something i've been saying for a few years now you got to be flexible no matter what you're doing it's good to have an idea of what you want to do how you want to attack the draft but you need to be okay that some shit's not going to work out i've had leagues where i've only gotten a couple of running backs i wanted and then you know i've i've had a rough first year because i'm sitting there with like okay, I got a good running back or two and I got some solid receivers and quarterback, but then my, my depth is, is not great because things just didn't work out for me and maybe I did some trading back and wasn't seeing stuff. So things can happen, but you have to be flexible and just try and do the best you can in the draft. And then, hey, after the draft, you know, you don't always have to bait. Oh, here's what I wanted to say. You don't always have to draft based on need either, in my opinion, okay? Because- Sometimes, like a draft I had recently, I believe the one you were in, I really needed a damn running back. I was not comfortable drafting Trey Sermon early in the second round. I just wasn't comfortable doing it. Not with some of these receivers on the board. I believe that's the one I went Rondale Moore. I'm sorry. I'm not passing on Rondale Moore. For Trey Sermon, no matter how fucking bad I need a running back. <laughs> so it, th- that's just kind of some of the areas I lean in. I'm not going to get too much more into it, but those are kind of some of my main things, uh, you know, for when I'm going into a draft is, you know, I want to address young running backs early in the draft, try and get a mobile quarterback, and then try and get some of these receivers in their fucking primes. And, and then, you know, I like some of the, you, you know, lottery ticket tight ends stash on the end of my bench as well but those are kind of some of the things i like to try and get done when i'm going into a a dynasty startup draft yeah and i'll start with redraft Uh, the flexibility is always key because i tend to before i go into a draft like leagues i'm in and, and i'm in a massive 14 team league with the same group of guys it's that's played fantasy football for like a decade um and they always talk about like they get so nervous during the draft and what's what's funny is like i can't remember the last time i've been nervous about draft i know that makes me sound conceited there but like i i'll always have my rankings it'll be uh tiered rankings by position you know it's it's i will use like google sheets or excel whatever you know and it'll be like quarterbacks is column 
running backs, receivers, tight ends with each of the columns. I'll also put like their overall rankings so mm-hmm. that like I, you know, I'm checking them off the list and I could be like, okay, like this is the guy that I have highest ranked, but like, I'll also look and I'll be like, Hey, I think I could get some value here at this position. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'll let my rankings kind of dictate it and I'll look for, okay, like, it's been a long time since tight ends gone on court. I could actually get one of the guys. I might not have drafted the tight end because I was like, eh, it wasn't much of a, it, it wasn't a good value there. But I sit there and the tight end hasn't gone off the board in like two rounds. <laughs> this is a perfect time to get it. I, I also tend to, I pay attention to, okay, like there's five straight receivers that are drafted. I'm mm. not drafting receiver. <laughs> I, I, this is a I very want good to, point. I want to start the trends. I want to start, I want to make sure I get the top guy at a position. And then it's like, oh no, Aaron's got a running back. And now the next four guys need to draft running backs. And it's like, right. aha, that is, it's game theory. You know, it's, I'm trying to start the trends, not continue the trends. Yeah. Um, you, you say start the trend. I've always said buck the trend. You buck yeah, that fucking trend. Exactly. Yeah, do, so. do exactly the opposite of what people are doing. And, and that's like after, because usually I think people tend to, you go into a draft and really the only thing you could plan on is like the first three or four rounds. You can have an idea of like, okay, this is how I'm going to start right. my draft. And at that point you have to shift gears and go, this is what the draft is giving me. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's be flexible. I found in one quarterback leagues, it's, things have changed over the years. Like it used to of course be you wait, you draft your quarterback late, the leagues I tend to play in and it's home leagues that used to like grab quarterbacks ridiculously early props to the guys. They, they've, they know that like, if you're in a 10, 12 team league, like there's plenty of quarterbacks, plenty of quarterbacks. So everyone's like waiting, waiting till the final rounds to, to draft quarterbacks. So I, my adjustment on that is, I'll I'll actually draft two quarterbacks and that goes against everything that I did for years and years and years, but I want to make sure that I'm taking two shots, usually pretty, pretty late in the draft, but I'm trying to find that guy because nothing's worse than when you wait for late round quarterback and your late round quarterback doesn't hit. And just each week you're trying to find a quarterback and you get so far behind in the standings, you can't even make the playoffs. I'd rather try to take two shots at the end of the draft, get my guy and, and go from there. And then for dynasty, I'm, I'm with you a hundred percent. Like don't draft for need. Like that's what trades are for. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the size of your rosters, you can pick up you can pick up players too. Um, but yeah, like it's dynasty. If you're drafting a player, you have to assume you've got them for their entire career. You have to assume that you can't move them for anything. So it better be a player that you that you like. Like um, I was I was with you. I have zero Michael Carter's and zero Trey Sermons because. I knew that in, in drafts, if in order to get those guys, I'm having to pass up like the rookie receiver that I talked about earlier, Elijah Moore, that I absolutely in love with. Um, I'm not going to draft those two running backs over Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Terrace Marshall. Like, I'm just, I'm not. Right. Like, right. The, these are, these are Jag running backs that are getting propped up because this running back class sucks after the top three running backs. It's, I told myself, I said, if after the top three running backs are off the board, 
I'll draft a running back, but it'll be like the last round. And you've probably noticed in the drafts that in the leagues that we've been in, like I've, I've stick to that. Like I'll draft like three or four receivers. And then the final round, it's like, okay, like this is where I'm comfortable taking a running back, taking a, if Ramondre Stevenson falls in the fifth round, sure. Mm -hmm. I'll take them. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to, Never, ever, ever draft a need. Need should be a tiebreaker if you've got a running back and receiver neck and neck and you're like, I need a running back. If they are in that same tier, sure, draft for need. But besides that, just give me the best players. And then I will, if I need a, a, a running back or a receiver, I will do the trade. I'll, I'll figure that stuff out later. Yeah, because if you just focus on trying to draft the best players and not <clears throat> worry about need so much, you're going to have somewhere an area of an abundance where you can make a move for where you're lacking. And yep. it's just, it's, it, it, it's a good way to go about things. And, and you mentioned rankings. I'm not someone, um, I love what you do. I'm not mm -hmm. someone, I just kind of go in there and go, let's fucking go. <laughs> and, but there are times when I get stuck and maybe there's a couple players I like, maybe I can't trade back. And I do go to player profiler and I check out the rankings and I'm like, if I have this hard of a time, maybe I like both their situations, both the players, et cetera. I'll trust the pod father's rankings and that's how I'll go about it. So there are times I will trust the rank. It's the same thing with trading and trade calculators. There's some trade trades. I don't need a trade calculator for, I can look at it and go, okay, that's fucking good. There are others. I'm like, I need to see the value. And do I go specifically straight by the, you know, to the T of the calculator? Of course not. But it is a good guide. I do believe at times. And the people who dog them, I don't understand because they can be useful. But it's little things like that, that you can use that you're not necessarily putting all your stock in, you know, but that you're using for guides. I love that kind of stuff because it can be so helpful. And then just to add on one little thing to quarterbacks, because even in a, in a redraft league or a dynasty one QB league, whatever it is, I'm, I'll go early anymore. The NFL has changed. Yep. When you look at fantasy, I, I've written about it a couple of times. The difference between the mobile quarterbacks and the non-mobile quarterbacks is something per game. I can't remember the exact number. I wish it, <laughs> but it's, it's relevant enough and it's growing, meaning, yeah. it, you know, this, this is only going to be coming. You're going to want one of those guys, the dual yeah. threat. You're just going to want one. And if you want to win, that's really why I'm totally cool taking two QBs in a redraft. And I will definitely take a late round one, but anymore lately, I'm going to go get myself a QB. I'm not going to be afraid. That's one thing I've learned over the past two or three years is to not be afraid to take a quarterback, even a tight end, because those top tight ends, fuck, they are difference makers. So yeah. you, if you can get one of them, like you might get to the fourth round and you might be sitting there going, there is not a running back or wide receiver I like here, but Lamar Jackson's right there but Darren Waller's right there. I mean, it, you know what I mean? It, it, it can make a huge difference for your team. And so I, I do, th I, I guess that's one thing that I, I will also preach is, the, you know, to not be afraid to go tight end, 
or quarterback, like particularly speaking of quarterback in like one quarterback or redraft leagues, you know, don't be afraid to go early um, because it can pro- prove very beneficial. And because I do think we're getting to the point where it's you're just going to want to have one of the dual threat QBs. But so and with those positions, it's either be one of the first ones to, to take a quarterback or tight end or be or the one last. of the last. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the tight ends in the middle. Um, it's going to be foreshadowing something that I'm going to talk about, but like if you drafted Tyler Higby, Evan Ingram, uh, I can't think of other tight ends that were in the middle of last year's uh, ranking. Like Jarwin. Like Jarwin, you just, you know, you, you were super sad, you know, because those guys were like, there isn't much of a difference between those guys in the middle the guys at the late late end like john o. smith was a great late round tight end for about half a season uh because you get you a touchdown um like that's why like don't waste that seventh eighth round draft capital on like if people have drafted higby i wrote about and i know i wasn't alone on this but i was like that's such a big trap don't do it like if there is no value whatsoever in this you're just gonna waste your seventh eighth round pick instead of taking you know, that could have been your fourth running back if you went, right. you know, wide receiver early, or if you start off running back heavy, that could have been maybe your starting receiver, depending on how heavy you went, mm. you went at running back. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, I don't know if you got anything else you want to add on to that just draft strategy in general. Um I know I put down if you had anything for different kinds of leagues. I did mention I might talk guillotine league, but I think I'm going to save that. We'll save that for another pod. So if you don't have anything, we'll move on to nose divers. But if you have something to add, by all means. Uh, and one additional thing, too, is most people probably don't play in, in leagues that have different scoring. But I, I have one fun league where we tend to change the rules each year and you know, it's like leagues that you there was the league you didn't have to start a tight end, but you could start up to four tight ends, so it's tight end premium. Like it know the rules, know the rules in the scoring format because I like I know that sounds very basic, but there's people that won't do the research. And that's how right. I was able to get like Travis Kelsey and like you know, I was I was grabbing like Hunter Henry late in the draft in this one. And he was scoring a good amount of points in this league because even though you didn't have to start a tight end, tight end scored a shitload of points. I had mm-hmm. more tight ends than receivers. And that was just like, when I looked at the rules, I said, wide receivers is the one position this league format does not value. And, but tight ends was something where I was like, I can, I, I can get some value there. I, I think like Robert Tanya and things like that. So no, the rules of your league, especially if you're playing in leagues that have non-standard rules. It goes hand in hand with the Scott Fishbowl. <laughs> yes, yes. And speaking of it, non-standard and things like that, I had, it was a handful of years ago, I had first thought of the idea. <clears throat> and then a couple of years ago, I tried to redo it and make it better because originally it was too complicated. But basically I wanted to do like a league where essentially like 
you played in divisions, but your divisions were clans. They were titled clans. And you actually, while you were competing individually, mm-hmm. you were also competing as a clan. And basically, there would be like fab bonuses for like certain things for clans. Um, um, and I'm trying to remember some of all the rules, but I had, it was just all this different stuff. And and then like every so many weeks, um, like the clans might be switched up. And like, I, it, I'm i trying to see now, I felt good about bringing this up because I thought I would remember what it was all about. And now that I'm talking about it, I can't remember half of what the fuck. <laughs> but anyway, it it was definitely more complicated and it was more, it, it almost added like a fantasy element to fantasy football, but it, it, it was, it, it, I don't know. It, it, I couldn't, I, I had asked a few people about the idea and they seemed to like the idea, but thought it was still a little too complicated. So it was something I always wanted to work on. Bottom line, you and me should sit down and try and <laughs> come up with a brand new league. And maybe you bring up some of your cool scoring ideas mm-hmm. and I can bring some of the shit I had for that. Like we'll have to, we'll have to discuss this off pod, but yes, because I'm a big fan of trying new shit. So exactly. Like I've played fantasy football so long and there was, it was not that long ago, probably like four or five years ago where I was dangerously close. of just losing my love of fantasy football because every league I was in was the same, just bland, like you start one quarterback to running back like ESPN default settings. And it's right. like, that's so boring. And when I started, you know, I've got a buddy of mine, his name's Dustin and like him and I, like we always like commission leagues together and we're like, we're going to come up with like some different stuff. We're going to try it out. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was, that was, those leagues were the ones that I had the most fun in because it changed everything. Like I even had to adjust my rankings on, on things and, you know, it's leagues where you start 13 players and you only have four bench spots. So, you know, when bye weeks hit, you, yeah. you're usually having to drop guys that you, you, you would, there were in that league last year, there was, I think a couple of weeks where I opted to, I would have like five guys on by and I was like, I can't drop any of these guys. Right. So I, I rolled with one less starter and some of those like you i I did manage to win one of those like i Mm. kind of selective punting i guess um but it it gets interesting because if you're competing for a playoff spot your strategy changes and you're like i don't want to drop player x but right i've got to win this week whereas if you start off great like you could go i mean i won my first five or six weeks you know so you know it's the way to get me into a new league, a new retraft league is if it's different in any way, I'm like, I'm in. If it's yeah. just the same freaking stuff that everyone else is playing, I'm like, ah, I've already got enough leagues. <laughs> well, if you haven't done a guillotine league. I haven't, but I want to. <laughs> I won, I've won. i ran one for the past couple of years. I'm going to bring it up with Ray Ray too, because I'm going to try and get Ray Ray in it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yes. I, 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 I've done it the past couple of years. It's been a huge success both years. It's been a fucking blast. The first year I finished second. I don't know how I didn't win the fucking thing, 
I was the only one. Because if you don't know how a guillotine, okay, now we're getting into it a little bit, and I'll make it quick. But a guillotine league, you get sixteen teams, because but well, you get as many as you can because you want to try and have one for every week right. of the year. Um, and basically, what it is is you start off, and uh, it's there's no head to head, no division, no nothing, just leaderboard. And uh, it's a points. It's a points league. And whoever is at the bottom gets cut out of the league. And that happens every single week until there is one fucking team left standing. You get fab to bid on free agents because the teams that get cut, oh, well, they're players. They go in the fucking player pool. So you have the potential to build a fucking all-star team. But how much fab do you spend early on in the season when you know there's fucking weeks to go? It's it's very strategy-oriented, and it's last man standing, and it's fucking insane, Aaron. And I love it to death. That's how we get Ray Ray in it, is just <laughs> like, you've got the name of it. Last man standing, a wrestling-themed it's true. Fantasy football. It's league. true. I like it. I'm in. Like I, I the oh, strategy. A... I love the strategy. Yes. I mean, it changes. I was sitting there already thinking of like how I would change the way I draft. Uh, it's insane. It's yeah. insane because it, I one of the things I I'm not going to give away all my secrets, but I I'm not going to lie. I looked at schedule. I'm like I need to make sure I start off right. Like you were talking just a minute ago. Yeah. I got to start off the season right. So. Out of the running backs that I like this year, which are the ones with the good schedules to begin with? And that's yeah. kind of where I begin because, like, you got to have something because it really is important to start off well in that fucking league. Because if you get at the bottom, it's it, unless you do some crazy shit, it's and you can do it because you could spend a bunch of fab and get some guys and then rock it up the board. But then some point mid season, as the season gets later, you're going to be sitting there with, with no fab and the same fucking team and everybody else is improving. So it's tricky. It's tricky. I'm in. I'm in. Well, you got a spot this year for sure. My friends, it'll be a blast, but okay. So we finish up with that. And we move on to something I call nose divers that what I created today. And it's basically just a quick topic on just some, some players that we could see making kind of having a dramatic drop in production. And I guess one example for me, it's kind of, it, it may be kind of an obvious one, but that would be Melvin Gordon. Pass that AJ Pax. <clears throat> he played okay last season. He actually didn't do, he wasn't terrible. Um, particularly once he really started getting the opportunity later on in the season, he really seemed to get going. And, you know, it did sound like he struggled with the mile high air there to begin when he first arrived. So I feel like he had overall a decent season, but it's only going to get worse from here. And you got Javonta Williams right there. Just ready. Ready to fucking go. And you best believe if he comes out the gates looking better than my boy Melvin, because I, I always will have a soft spot in my heart for my boy Melvin. But if he comes hot out the gates, Javonta Williams, 
Melvin ain't going to be doing a whole hell of a lot. He's going to be one B real fucking quick and maybe even. So I love Melvin, but it's your time to step down, man. And so I, I see, you know, it's a damn shame. I thought maybe going to Denver, uh, for the couple of leagues I still had him in might boost him enough to get him away in a trade uh, because I knew the decline was coming just wasn't happening so that's all right you know what again soft spot in my heart so I'm going to be rolling with Melvin uh, in these couple of leagues probably till he's done because I don't think I'm getting anything for him from here on out and that's okay that's okay you know because that's my guy uh, I love me some Melvin Gordon so that said, uh, you go ahead and move on with your first nose diver. Gotcha. Uh, this one is a divisive guy, uh, but I just full confidence is going to be a nose dive. That's David Montgomery, Chicago Bears. Um, we'll start with a couple couple of things. The the small things are they added some running backs. They signed Damian Williams to basically a minimum contract. They drafted Khalil Herbert in the sixth round. Those guys are not threats for David Montgomery, but the Bears realized their depth at running back was so bad last year, they could not go Ryan Nall and Artavis Price or uh, Pierce, Pierce, Pierce. Uh, Artavis, they, yeah, Pierce. Yeah, they, they had to address the you know, basically third and fourth string running backs. And mainly because the backup running back is he's he's back it's gonna be Tariq Cohen towards ACL early last season so he should be back for week one and it's it was noticeable when Cohen went out what it did to David Montgomery weeks one through three with Tariq Cohen David Montgomery snap share 44 percent 57 percent 55 percent he was basically in a timeshare with with Tariq Cohen when Cohen got hurt he never got below 65% the rest of the season. There was only two games out of the remaining 12 games he played that season that he saw less than 70%. Like Cohen, Cohen went down with an ACL. The rest of their running back sucks. David Montgomery got fed the ball. And yes, he finishes an RB1. But that's where this other problem comes is that David Montgomery – is the 2021 running back version of what 2020 Tyler Higby is. Everyone was so high on Tyler Higby because he finished great the previous season. But it was it was obvious why he finished as a as a great fantasy tight end because he had like a five-game stretch of going against the worst tight end defenses. And the same exact thing happened to David Montgomery last season. His final six games, he went against Green Bay twice the Detroit Lions, the Houston Texans, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Here is how those five teams, because they went against Green Bay twice, here's how those five teams finished against running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed. Green Bay, number 27. Uh, Detroit Lions dead last, number 32. The Texans right above them, number 31. (laughs) The Jacksonville Jaguars right above them at number 30. And the Minnesota Vikings were number 28. His six, he had six straight weeks against five of the six worst running back defenses or fantasy defenses for running backs. Those final six games, he finished as an RB1 all six times. The other six games he played without Tariq Cohen, he finished with zero RB1 weeks. He was only great when he went, went against the worst 
running back defenses. On top of that, Cohen's back. Tariq Cohen ran 18 routes per game in those first three games. Uh, David Montgomery on the season averaged 3.6 receptions and just under 30 receiving yards per game. In weeks one through three, when Cohen was there running routes and being the primary receiving back, David Montgomery averaged two receptions and 21 receiving yards per game. Cohen's a big deal for David Montgomery. Like the receiving workload's going to go down. Like I haven't looked at the schedule where they're going to play that many horrendous running back, fantasy running back defenses. I don't think so. It's just like this is this is a trap. I'm I'm avoiding David Montgomery. Uh, I think at best ball he's going 38. I I don't have a a redraft ranking for him, but. That Montgomery, that's Tyler Higby. <laughs> Stay away. Dude, I love that call. I love that call. I, I, I 100% agree with that one. Um, I'm going to go, you mentioned Tyler Higby. I'm going to go same position. And I'm going to go Mark Andrews. I love Mark Andrews. And I do feel like Baltimore is going to try and open up their passing game. Um, But I do feel as though that's going to cost Mark Andrews a little bit. They traded for, mind you, Josh Oliver. Traded for. And they've got Bateman, Tylen Wallace. So they've got this receiver crew. They're bound to find some, some talented pass catchers for Lamar Jackson. So I think passing offense is going to look a lot different next year, and it's not going to be kind of this Mark Andrews or bust, you know, type of scenario. And um, because really there wasn't a lot of, you know, Marquise Brown here and there, some catches. Willie Sneed here and there, some catches. That's it. (laughs) like what else was they you know so they've got some guys now let's see what happens but I do think this this could be a little bit of a drop in production for Mark Andrews um and I guess nosediver would mean dramatic I think it's dramatic enough where I think he gets lost in the shovel so I shouldn't say slight decrease it's dramatic enough maybe not super dramatic dramatic enough to the point where he's not really special. He's more just one of those guys, you know, one of those tight ends. And I fear that's where he's headed. Um, But I don't know, maybe not, because, you know, you have those guys. This could be it for Lamar Jackson. But I also expect a lot from Rashad Bateman here, okay? And I do feel, again, like I've said plenty of times, I really feel like this is the year they want to get this passing game going. They don't want Lamar Jackson coming into another year talking about how the the opposing teams know what the fuck we're doing. They don't want to hear that shit. (laughs) Fix your offense. I think that's the plan. And um, I just feel like it's going to cost Mark Andrews a little bit, man. And it's going to make him much more average than he's than he's been. And that sucks. I don't have a good tight end, so I'm going to stick back with running backs. This one's a juicy one. I'm, I'm going Alvin Kamara, and and I really Ooh. will say nosedive on, on this one. Alvin Kamara 
has been fantasy gold for oh what has it been four years now and unfortunately it's because of his ability in the in the receiving game but we did get a small taste of what that post drew Brees life is going to be and there's some scary parts to that because i i am looking at his game logs for last season and if i can count right there are three games three weeks that he finished outside the top 10 um, of the fantasy running backs. I mean, that's phenomenal because he played, played 15 games. So 12 out of 15 weeks, he finished RB 10 or higher. Like, geez, like that's what you want for RB one. Right. But there was the stretch. Drew Brees got hurt in week 10 and weeks 11 through 14. They had this Taysom, primarily Taysom Hill. Actually it was all Taysom Hill, all Taysom Hill there. And I'm not sure if Winston's really going to be much better. Winston's not a checkdown guy, but in weeks 11 through 14, in those four games. On the season, Kamara averaged 7.1 targets per game. He, he's, his 107 targets was number two on the season. That's what we expect from Alvin Kamara. The four games without Breeze where Taysom Hill was starting at quarterback, he averaged four targets per game, almost cut in half. And of those 16 total targets, 10 of them came in one game. He had six targets the other three games. Those three games were the three fewest targeted games for Alvin Kamara the entire season. He had one, two, and three targets. Like, yes, he had that potential for a 10-target game, but you're getting that once every four weeks. I get it. It's not going to be an apples-to-apples comparison there. It's a dramatic decrease in his involvement in the passing game. And that's a big deal for Kamara because Kamara is not like that's that's where he does his damage. It's it's not on the ground. In fact, he had a hundred yard rushing game. I want to say it was the big the big game against Minnesota Vikings where he went just ape shit and won a lot of people their championships. So between hundred yard rushing games, including the playoffs. I want to say that was week 16 with the Minnesota Vikings and his previous one, you have to go back 42 games, mm. 42 games. He went the entire 2019 season without a hundred yard rushing game, including the playoffs. It was right before the middle of the 2018 season. So he went almost the full 2020 season. It was the Minnesota Viking game. He got over a hundred yards rushing that was his only time in 2020. He didn't hit 100 yards rushing in 2019, and he had to go all the way back to before the middle of the 2018 season. 42 games in between 100-yard rushing games. I know that's not his strength. His strength is what he does in the receiving game. Right. But we got a taste of what the post-Drew Brees Saints offense is. And, yeah, it may huh. not be Taysom Hill. That's that's the quarterback. But Jameis Winston, he's not – Winston – is a gunslinger. He's not a check down guy like Drew Brees. Winston right. is going to fling that that sucker uh, to one of the deep receivers. I'm worried about Alvin Kamara, who goes from 12 out of the 15 games he played, putting up RB 10, uh, or sorry, he was a top 10 fantasy running back in those 12 weeks. In the four games where Taysom Hill is the quarterback, he he did finish as running back one you know, in one. No, 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 no. I was I was mistaken. He finished just inside the top 10 running backs. He had back-to-back 
RB9 weeks, but the other two weeks was RB25 and RB36. Camara could slip out of the RB1 range. Like, right. it, it's a nosedive in that he goes from, let's see how he finished in terms of fantasy points per game. Oh, yeah, the, the Vikings game helped a lot with this one, but 25.2 fantasy points as number one, and he's been a consistent RB1 for the past handful of seasons, even like a down season for him, finishing top 10. Like, he, he, team. Like, I'm, not comfortable drafting Kamara in first round. <laughs> I'm a, I'm easily avoiding him. I'm with you. I, d- I usually do. And Michael Thomas, I've actually had him in a couple of leagues, traded him away. I feel like he could go downhill from here. And, <clears throat> you know, even if it's Jameis, who, again, gunslinger, I mean, he's also going to be looking for – I mean, let's not forget, some of us liked Adam Troutman, okay? Yeah. And he is now the starting tight end. Hmm. We'll see what happens there. Then you've got Traquan Smith, Marquez Calloway. Like it, it's not really, you know, Michael Thomas, Kamara or bust anymore. It, it, and, and Drew Brees isn't there. And, and he was the one that he simply just relied on them and yeah. just them. So now I, I just see it. I just see it differently with Drew Brees gone. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you on all that stuff. And I'm going to keep mine going with receiver. And I'm going to mention a couple different things. And then I'm done. And if you got anything else, by all means. But number one, I'm going to say, and it it kills me to say. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. But Adam Thielen, my boy. Oh, it's coming. He's going to be 31. And while it's a young 31 in football, and it, it's okay, Chewy, we'll be fine. And while it's a young 31 in football, it, it, you know, because the time he spent not actually on the NFL field, it, he's not going to be able to sustain the touchdowns that he had last year. What was it? Yeah, 14. He's not doing that again. Pretty sure that's the first time he's even gone over 10. So if I remember right. And as much as I love Thielen, I've been rooting this guy since he was a practice squad dude. I love this dude. But again, 31. If you look at it, you know, JJ, Mr. Justin, Justin Jefferson is the man there. Now, Justin Jefferson probably won't have his crazy years he did last year either, but he's the man there now. Mm-hmm. Irv Smith's going to be more incorporated. As you said, they even put him in the fucking slot. Yeah. Yeah. And all of this says, I mean, you still got the in there. He's still going to be useful. He, he can do the slot. He can run deep. You know, he's still going to be useful. But I feel like he's going to be more of a best ball play than someone you can rely on consistently. And that sucks because Thielen has been that man. He's been that since he hit relevancy in fantasy. He's been reliable, except for the one year where he had injuries with the hamstring issue. But for the most part, he's been pretty fucking reliable and consistent in production. And I just I see the drop off coming. And it sucks because he's he's my boy. Purple. 
Oh, and then, and sorry, one last thing, one last thing. All Pittsburgh wide receivers. Okay. All of them. Fucking a whole team. Like, don't get yeah. me wrong. If you got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju, I'm holding those fuckers. Doesn't mean they're dead in the water, but if you're looking at 2021, man, the Steelers team is in trouble. Juju might be in the best shape because he gets to leave after next year. Huh. I mean, I, because it, it, they got, it, they, I just, we've talked ad nauseum about their draft and what they've done, and they've got nobody behind Ben and a shitty offensive line. And this year, I just, it's going to go bad. I, I could see this going really bad, like the Steelers being bottom of the division bad man and i and 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 if it goes that way i mean you're not going to rely be able to rely on any of these fucking receivers maybe rookie Najee harris because they'll run him into the fucking ground at 23 years old don't draft him in dynasty lakes (laughs) not at the price not at the price so that's where i'm at with with the nose divers that's the end of my nose divers is the receiver position my boy Adam Thielen, hate to say it, and then and then the Pittsburgh situation with the wide receivers. I just particularly for this year, but you know, it it it, it arrow will point up eventually. Aaron, do you have anything else to add? I got one more running back. Honestly, it's I will say it's not going to be a shocker, but I'll cover real quick. That's Josh Jacobs of the Raiders, and it's just for very obvious personnel decisions that they've done last right. season josh jacobs he was fantasy relevant because he was fed the ball a lot he was number seventh in weighted opportunities Opportunity. big part of that is outside of josh jacobs there was Devonte booker had 93 carries Derek carr had 39 and Jalen richard had 22 so and booker i want to say started some games so really there wasn't anyone to take carries away from Jacobs except when he needed a breather but uh oh they signed Kenyon Drake to a two-year fully guaranteed 11 million dollar contract ill-advised contract but they're paying a pretty penny they like they can't they're going to have to use him right because they're paying him all this money like there's no way out of a contract so (laughs) Kenyon Drake finished 15th in weighted opportunities and it I can't see them keeping like using Josh Jacobs at the rate that they did last year and just right. keeping Drake on the bench to play a Devontae Booker role. Like Drake is going to be on the field. And what's even worse is they basically, they play very similar style. Like it's, they're not really known for their receiving game. Like Jacobs is much better. He, he did more when he had the ball thrown to him. And he's more elusive. Like Jacobs is still clearly the better running back. Mm. But Drake is going to be there to steal some of the touchdowns. And Josh Jacobs, I want to say, had 10 touchdowns. So it's, or I, I'm going to check. I want to say that's David Montgomery's touchdowns. But Josh Jacobs is going to lose some goal line work. That's, that's Drake's not going to just come in on third downs. But also, like Drake could, they, they may, what they may do is some of the series on offense. They may have Jacobs on the side and Drake there because John Gruden and Mike Mayock are so backwards with the way that they, they run things. But right. the financial commitment to Kenyon Drake, like that means they are they 
they're still going to use Jacobs primarily, but they saw a need to add another running back that's going to cut Jacobs' workload. Jacobs was already barely RB1. You know, he finishes RB, uh, RB12 in terms of fantasy points per game. And you add a guy like Drake, like that, that could drop Josh Jacobs like out of the RB2 consideration in terms of mm. fantasy points per game. And actually, he scored 12 touchdowns, which was fourth in the NFL amongst running backs. If Drake's taken some of that goal line work, and he will, because both guys were involved almost the same in red zone touches. Josh Jacobs had 65. That was number two. He had 16 goal line carries. I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but when you look at Kenyon Drake, it is eerie. Like they had almost the same number uh, of goal line carries, red zone carries targets mm. it's drake is going to have series to himself that those 12 touchdowns like if there's 12 rushing touchdowns scored again next year like it's a guarantee that drake takes at least three or four of those like it's you have less touchdowns and they are going to cannibalize each other yeah it, it's gonna it's be gross just, <laughs> it's nasty on top of that too like i'm I, i'm covering the las vegas raiders for Roto Underworld's team previews. And that defense is egregious. Like the in yeah. they their two worst defensive seasons in terms of points allowed have been in the past three seasons with John Gruden there, including this past season, they gave up going off memory here, 478 points. Like they were playing from behind a lot. Yeah. They still ran the ball a lot, which is weird. They should have been like the game script was not in their favor, but they they didn't really do much to to re- to build that defense back up. Like, sure, you could say that there are some improvements, but enough to make a big difference. I don't think so. The offensive line got worse too. Like, just everything that could have happened that would have been bad for Josh Jacobs did happen. Got competition, a worse offensive line. He didn't even have a good offensive line last year, I don't believe. Let's pull up. His... Is this? Is this? Are we going into year four of this with Gruden? Yes, it is year four with Gruden. And and Raiders fans, he signed a ten-year contract. Oh, I know that's what million a year. That's what I was thinking. Is he's approaching the point where you're going like halfway through the contract? What have you fucking done? You know, like. And here's the worst part, like Josh Jacobs, the run blocking efficiency, 56.1, number 72, his offensive line didn't do anything in which now maybe that's why they decided to tear down that offensive line and build it back up because it clearly wasn't helping Josh Jacobs. And and to his credit, he was, he was actually pretty good at creating yards. He was elusive surprisingly, but this the only part of the Raiders offense that I want is Darren Waller. Anyone else, yeah. I don't want a single receiver, and I don't want a part of this nasty, nasty uh, backfield. It's I still got hope for Brian Edwards. I still got hope. I, I still got yeah, hope. I'm a role a, for him. This year, this year, I'm giving him this year. The, the, tough thing is, the tough thing is Nelson Aguilar is the only receiver the past two seasons there that has exceeded 700 yards receiving. And a big part of that is because he was involved on the deep passes. It's, Mm -hmm. they just don't, like, 
the past few seasons, and it I don't see how it changes, but Darren Waller is going to get like his 25% or higher target share. Right. And I don't know if a receiver comes close to to getting a 20% target share. It's it's nasty. It's nasty. That's crazy. <laughs> but that's what I got. Stay away from all these running backs. Yeah, yeah. I agree. And you know what? It sucks because I I never rostered Jacobs. I was never that big on him, but I actually kind of liked what he did last year. And yeah. he's someone I would have been more in on, much more in on than your previous mention, David Montgomery, but for the Kenyon Drake signing. So this is affected all up. Anyway, so yes. So and and I did have something because a lot of a, a lot of stuff pertaining to this episode was based on discussions I had seen on Twitter. And I continue that with we hit on Cole Beasley with that was it not going to bring that up again, rehash that, but there was a little something about the idea of this year there being more orphans to cover across dynasty leagues. Yeah. And um it, it, it makes sense. I feel like there's been more across my dynasty leagues than normal. And so is that, you know, fucking the world's getting back to normal. People are getting back out. Fuck fantasy football. Is it, there is a shit ton of casual fans that did a bunch of extra leagues in 2020. Cause they were all fucking quarantined at home. And now that shit's getting back to normal. They're like, I don't need fucking two thirds of these. Like, it, maybe it's a combination of all of it, but it's crazy. It does feel like a lot more replacements are needed this year than at, at least what fucking I can remember. So I, I don't know if that was something you noticed or, I mean, you've joined a few of my leagues this year. Yeah. So like, it's crazy. <clears throat> well, it's that. And, and people, even before the pandemic, people join a dynasty league because it, it is exciting it's new like everyone wants to do a startup draft and then keeping up with dynasty teams it can be exhausting it absolutely can be um and if you're not a diehard um you know in our main dynasty league each at the start of each offseason i check in with each owner and i go hey look like if if you want to leave the league like that's that's fine like i want to make sure like they know there's, there's no pressure on that. We, you know, we had someone that, that played for four years and, and I think some of it was they just had a baby as well and, and mm. things change in life. And, you know, sometimes it's like that, that, that time commitment because it's a bunch right. of time to be a commission at dynasty league, but even for owners, like the off season is a busy time. And, you know, for the for the owner that played for four years, he had even won the the very first championship. It's it's like hey, like there's no shame whatsoever. Him and I, we had private conversation. It's like I get it. Like you know, thanks for thank you. You know, thank you for playing for four years. Um, you know, like I I know like you got to start replacing people, but the people that join one year and they leave after that, it's like. Are they even dynasty fans? Right. They, you know, usually they go and they screw things up pretty bad. Um, and then I honestly, I feel like rebuilding's the fun part, you know, because there's no pressure to win. It's like, oh, I didn't win, but like I wasn't expected to. Mm-hmm. And, 
you trading is so much more fun and yeah like i like the rebuilds where there are people that i don't know if it's just a pride thing like like ah oh, man my team sucks and i'm really not in it for the long haul so that's right. i have basically a screening test that i do with people that want to join dynasty um and i go look like if you're in it like here's the team here's kind of the evaluation like you're not winning anything soon you know it's gonna it's gonna take some work you know it's gonna take you know two to three years to kind of get things back on track you know mm. and consistency it's you gotta you have to draft you have to you have to have a plan a direction for the team but yeah it, the reason the numbers have gone up um, back to the original question is just people got bored because there's pandemic and most of us weren't allowed to like leave our homes so of course we were around computers and twitter and yeah so right it sadly happens <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. It's definitely made a bit more difficult of an off season as a commissioner, <laughs> but yeah. uh, luckily I've had you and uh, my other buddy, Josh. And it, so that there's been some guys I've been able to say, Hey, I got some openings. I've been able to get some film. So <clears throat> it's been good, but okay. All right. Well, let's fucking end this mad dynasty party. Go get some rest. I think we both need some rest. This is a good one. This is a good pod. Absolutely. But before we do, real quick, playoff mania. It's fucking fantastic. I I just love this time of year. Dude, right before we started recording tonight, finished game one of the Colorado Avalanche versus the St. Louis Blues. Go Avs, go. Whooped up on them Blues ass. Four to one. Kicking some ass. So starting off with a win. 1-0. Digging that. And then. I believe it's tomorrow when we get the first of the nights of the play-in tournament of the new NBA playoff format. And I'm excited for this shit as well. Your Spurs are in there. I believe they play Wednesday night, Wednesday night, I right? believe so. And, and it's been, it's been harder and harder for me to keep up. I want to say we're playing the Grizzlies. Yes. That is exactly who you play. So we got a division rival and, and I tell you from years of watching the Spurs, uh, we've had some, We've had some great playoff battles with the Grizzlies in mm. the in the past decade. Uh, of course, we had that one year we were a number one seed and got beat by the eighth seed Grizzlies. I do started, remember that. And that started in you know props to to Memphis. You know Memphis is they they have stayed loyal to that to that Grizzlies team. And, mm. and I've spent a couple of years of my life living in Memphis. And, oh no and, shit! Yeah, it's uh, they they do they they. They're more of a Memphis Tigers basketball city, but the Grizzlies right. play in the same stadium there. And, and like I said, we've, we've had some great playoff battles. I remember all the battles with Marc Gasol, Zach Randolph, Mike Conley. Those Zemo. were Zach Randolph. I love yeah. him so much. <laughs> the, and those were the, the best years of Memphis. And, you know, I'd be lying if I said I'd still, I don't, I still hold a little bit of a grudge that one year that we had <laughs> right. a fantastic squad and we just ran into like the one team that could stop us. So it's, it's interesting. It, it's fitting that for the, that both teams make it to the play in tournament and we have to play each other. It's, it's, and the, the loser ends up being the very first team eliminated in the playoffs. So for pride, <laughs> let's, 
come on Spurs, let's not be the very first team eliminated in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I'm kind of, to be honest, I'd be cool with either one, but I, I, because I'd like to see San Antonio play again, but I also quite enjoy watching Ja Morant play. <laughs> so good. And, uh, but, but I just hope that in the other side of it, the Lakers win because then they can go and be the seventh seed. They probably deserve it because they, they, they're they a good-ass team. They just – LeBron was hurt. Uh, they injuries, okay. Because I fear for whoever wins between you and the Grizzlies, should Golden State somehow – I mean, Golden State would be tough, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But if, I, if I'm y'all, I'm like, yeah, give me this. Give me, give me the Warriors. We don't – <laughs> Yeah. We don't want to see Braun and Anthony Davis right now. They're pissed off they even have to be in the play in tournament. <laughs> and that's why we play the season, right? Like, you know, so many people want to go, like, wanted, wanted to crown the Lakers, but, you know, like, crazy things happen. A high this ankle is true. Sprain. This is true. High, I, a high ankle sprain changes everything. So it, do, it'll, it's an interesting concept here. I, my major thing is I'm just like, Let's just at least win this one just so we're not yeah. not eliminated first. <laughs> I feel you. Honestly, as a Nuggets fan, I'm, I, I, I was, as soon as we lost Jamal Murray for the rest of the season, I was fucking bummed, and I thought that was the end of it. But lo and behold, they've, uh, they've, they've stayed steady and played well, and they're the fucking three seeds, so we got a tough matchup against Portland. And I'll say Portland too, plays like, us tough, but I'm a realistic Spurs fan. I know we're sitting there as the 10th seed, <laughs> probably not winning this thing. Right. And the one team I'm really pulling for is the Phoenix Suns. And I know yep. Spurs have had their battles with the Suns. The Phoenix Suns were undefeated during the bubble last year. Like they mm-hmm. are, they, they're, they're like UCF, right? Like they are the national champs of, yeah. the, of the bowl. The, the Lakers lost a playoff game. Mm-hmm. the suns never lost in 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 the bubble so i'm all for it plus the suns they they sucked for like a decade if i remember correctly so i would love to I, see them beat the lakers i would love it so, and and i that shows you how little i i follow I, I didn't realize they were the number two seed oh yeah and they got close to to utah and i know utah early in the season they were just killing everyone so yeah uh, and Somehow, without Jamal Murray, the Nuggets have hung in there as the three yeah. seed, despite the Clippers and the fucking Luka Doncic, Doncic and the Mavericks. And I love me some Luka. He's fun he's to fucking so watch good. play too, man. Jesus. I hate it because obviously he's Dallas, <laughs> right. but, but right. you're right. He's so dang good. Yeah. And, you know, I remember when he got drafted, it's like, I don't know how teams missed on, on him. Like no. it didn't make any sense. I was like, why are you drafting? I get it. The center seven feet tall, but why are you drafting this guy when Doncic is going and just destroying grown ass European men overseas? <laughs> right. He can clearly play. <laughs> yeah. I, I dude, when they got him, I was like, man, it's like the Dirk era parent. I'm like, they're pulling like some Green Bay Packers shit. We're going to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers yep. shit right here. That's this is what, what they're hate. fucking doing. <laughs> That's what I hate. I was like, you really, oh, but it's, 
this will be interesting. I, like this, been a weird season. I haven't been able to keep up keep up much with basketball, but I'll try and keep track of my Spurs and just hoping they don't. Like I said, just one win. Just let us not be the first team eliminated from the playoffs. Right. I'll treat that as a victory. <laughs> I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. I'll be root. I'll be rooting for them. I'll be rooting for them. <laughs> and and hey. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I've kept up with basketball pretty much all year. I just haven't watched hardly any worth of shit. <laughs> like, just haven't had much opportunity to watch much. But I always keep up on this. And it's the same thing with hockey. Plus, here in Colorado, Altitude, the channel we would normally get, the Nuggets and Avalanche came on. They're in some feud with all the cable companies. So we can't even get that shit on our TV. Is bullshit. Is bullshit. That's ridiculous. But... Story for it. I'll not get into complaining. Okay. All right. Yes. Good old football or basketball and hockey. <laughs> football. Yeah. All the stuff, really. We talked about it all. So I guess that I'm not wrong for saying that. But uh, definitely, you know, peeps, if you love that playoff action, make sure to tune in to the playoffs when that start. This new format should be interesting for the NBA. And then the Stanley Cup finals have been insane. Like the majority of the games that have been played so far have gone into overtime. Like it's been in the first three right off the bat went into overtime. And if you know, overtime playoff hockey, there's nothing better than a game seven in hockey that goes into overtime. Just that elimination, one goal means the end of it all. And it's just, oh, my God. <laughs> sorry, huge puckhead here. Huge puckhead here. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, let's get the fuck out of here, buddy. Next week, we do have a special guest. The previously mentioned oh, one, a Mr. Ray Ray Mars joining the episode. This is going to be great. So excited. Can't so wait. excited. Yeah, man. It's going to be fun. And what, of course, talk the football, but then we're also going to talk some wrestling because that's right up Ray Ray's alley as well. But for now, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Aaron, do you have anything else to add before we go, my friend? Uh, what I, what I got to say is what a way to start the week. No what bump. a way to start the week is right. All right, friends. Get the hell out of here. It's rest. I think I'm hungry. As always, much love, everyone. Stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. Until next time, have a good week. The mad chatter, the march, Aaron. I'll talk for now. Latest!